Welcome to Romance Happy Hour. I'm Dylan Crush and I am here with Don Ludicky. And tonight we have our featured romance authors, Libby Hart and Soraya Wilson. So welcome to both of you. Thanks for being with us this evening. Thanks yeah, for thank having, having us. Yeah. Absolutely. We're, we're very happy to have you. So um, Dawn, you yes. were not here last time. You had a, not. a yes. family thing. I did. So, and yeah. I apologize. I was, I was planning on doing it up there. But by the time we got up there, there was no internet. And so I had to run down to town to message you. And I was in a panic. And I was like, oh, my God, Dylan's going to hate me. She's going to be like, where the hell is Dawn? <laughs> I'm no, so sorry. But I got to laugh. Last minute. I am so sorry. That it, was my it, dad's 70th birthday. No, it was fine. It was just that was, yeah, that was the week from. Oh, God. It was an man. awful week for me, too. Because, um, yeah. It was just, it was busy. This summer has just been, um, uh -huh. I, I was saying it's a, a summer of disruptive chaos. Every plan that I have made this summer, I feel like has gone awry in some way, shape or form. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, not as much as you, holy cow, you had quite the experience that week. Um, <laughs> mine is just more like, go, 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 don't stop. But yeah, yeah you, on the other hand, I felt bad for you when you were talk talking the other day. No, it's fine. It's fine. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I had to um, back out of a signing that weekend. I was supposed to go to Writers on the River and I had to back out because my daughter ended up in the ER with um, stomach pain and everything. And she's yeah. fine. She's totally fine. Um, we're still trying to figure out what's going on. But um, but yeah, so Dawn was telling me she couldn't come. And I was like, just, you know, like leaving the, the hospital. Because oh, my I God. I'm so sorry. And you didn't tell me that then. Well, no, because you didn't even have internet. So it, it all worked out fine. Oh it's my all gosh. fine. Everything's fine. But yeah, it's just been a very eventful summer. Um, I don't yeah. know, Libby and Soraya, have you had a very eventful summer too? I don't know if it's like, I don't know, the moon or there's like some woo-woo energy out there that's just, it's been, it's been wild. My children have had a wild summer mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're trying to make it wild for me as well. I have two little boys. So every day feels, every day oh, feels gosh. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Go to the pool uh, a lot I, to, try to keep them sedated. Right. <laughs> See, I have two teenagers still at home and they make their own kind of wild, crazy summer. So. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. I got yeah. a combination. I got one teenage left at home and two younger kids boys younger boys my teenage is a is a daughter so luckily she can watch them for me so oh excellent i can like really go important. to work <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so dylan what are you working on um i am working on i have a story due on monday for i i don't know if viewers remember like every year this will be what the fourth year in a row we we did the charity anthology mm. holiday anthology so the first year it was um jingle balls and then it was tinsel and tatas and then last year it was holiday heart on and this mm -hmm. year we will be doing a cover reveal next week but it's uh fourth year in a row and so stories are so due on monday does the cover reveal mean you can't tell us what charity it's for um oh i don't know i mean they're no, it's it's not a body part this time. I'll, I'll give oh, you that. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, historically we've done body parts. It's not it's not okay. a body part this time. It's interesting. It's, yeah. Is it is it human though? 
or is it um, a different species? I can't say. You'll okay, it's, a, to... it's it's animals. I'm, I'm to, calling it. Or is it is it for the aliens? Now that we know the that aliens the aliens are animals. real, like you know, it's um they're rom coms. They're not paranormal. Okay. No. Or it's or monster rom coms. So. Um, Woohoo! Okay, I'm calling it now. We'll see if I'm right. What next week? Right? Okay. The cover yep. reveal. Yeah. We'll see next if I'm right week. next week. I'm calling it animals. Okay. <laughs> and there's right. probably going to be lots of dogs. We'll see. Um, that's my other, yeah. I we'll got see. it. Yeah. I, I'm just yeah. so confident right now. I'm a little cocky. I'm glad. I'm glad you're feeling confident, Dawn. Okay, sweet. I'm, I'm really yep. excited about this. I hope I'm right. I'm going to accidentally get you to spoil it. So you got to be careful. She's gonna oh. be no, I can't Dylan. tell Dawn any secrets because yeah, Dawn always me. gives up the I secrets glad. every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Every time. I do. On um, accident. I blame it on my hair color. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, besides that, so we're, we're working on that. So, that'll be announced super soon, and that will come out in October. Um, beyond that, I am working on the next book in the Whiskey Wars series. And then um, just wrapped up another Kickstarter for the Mountain Men of Mustang Mountain. And... Um, the next right. book in that series that's a shared series i do with um casey rose and eve london and so the next book in that series is one from casey and that one comes out at the beginning of august so yep never a shortage of things going on i was gonna say yeah. multiple projects at once that is true peak form <laughs> yep. yeah she's oh. she's busy but next week i am going to um i'm going to rock and romance readers in knoxville so mm. I fly out on Thursday and that's a signing that is in Knoxville next weekend. So next Saturday I'll be there. And then I get to go on a writing retreat after that with mm. uh, some steamy short writers, not short writers, but um, writers of steamy shorts. Some okay. Short. I am short. So <laughs> they may be short writers of shorts. We'll see. I feel like you're taller than me though. I, don't I mean, feel it's like been a while since we have been together, Dawn, but yeah. I would think it hasn't been that long. I think you're taller than me. Really? Yeah. How tall are you? By four and a half. That half is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you've got me by a full inch. I am five feet oh. enough. Dang it. Oh, I thought you were taller. I could have swore. Maybe it's no. your personality. What are you? What is that? Like one of those like backhanded compliments? No, not backhanded compliments. You, you're like we we have this this conversation okay. about you being extroverted, and okay. and um like your extroverted personality. Okay. okay, it wasn't backhanded at all. I love you to death. Okay, okay, all right. For sure. What have you been up to, Don? <laughs> I know. Um, well, I've actually been writing. I'm very excited Yay. about that. Yeah. Um, I am working on my, um, well, I don't have the actual title right now, but, um, it's a firefighter book. And then my agent, I have a, I have a meeting with her tomorrow because she wants an American historical. So I'm going to do some American historical rom-com. Okay. And I for love her, your American historicals. I really I do. So I can't wait. I'm just trying to push past this, this firefighter book so I can get to the rom-com because okay. I'm very excited to the okay. historical yeah. i love historical that's my that's my jam mm-hmm. that's where i like to be mm-hmm. but um and other than that and i 
So this is probably isn't going to pan out, but I'm totally going to tell you all because I love it so much. I just got invited today. Some of you, most of you know, well, our regular viewers that I also do real estate, right? In Montana. I got invited to um, try out for the American dream. It's like a television show. And so they selected a, just a handful of agents in Montana to come and try out to be, to host an episode. So very cool. I I know. I found that out today. I'm not, it's not going to, it's not going to happen for me because I'm like super excited about it. And I'm like, I totally want this, but yeah, we'll see. Well, not I'm going to try like that, Dawn. No, no, I don't have that attitude. My attitude is I'm totally going to try and I'm just going to like, I'm going to, suck up all your extroverted energy oh, into the okay. interviews. Like, okay. yeah, have it. that's what I'm going to do. I'm going <laughs> to call you first and be like, Dylan, go to my interview. And you can be like, there's some mojo. All right. So. Sounds good. Well, good luck. Yeah. You'll have to keep us posted on that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. And we've got um, Libby Hart and Soraya Wilson with us tonight. Libby, you want to tell us a little bit about what you write and where you're from and whatever else you feel comfortable sharing. For sure. Hi, I'm Livy. Um, I write contemporary rom-coms. Um, I recently came out with uh, Planes, Trains, and All the Feels. That was my summer release. And then I wrote a book prior to that, Talk 30 to Me, which was my debut, which was also a firefighter book, Dawn. So I have a special place in my heart for firefighters. And I keep trying to put firefighters in all my books. And strangely, they're just not on board for that. So I have <laughs> other jobs. But yeah. so um, I live in Dallas, Texas, and I'm originally from Florida. So I'm an East Coast girl, but figuring out <laughs> how, to, how to thrive in Texas. Well, you're staying South. So... It's true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And how about you, Soraya? Hey, I'm Soraya Wilson. I, I write um, sweet romantic comedies. Uh, gosh, I think I've written like, I had to count the other day. I think I'm like on my 21st book. Um, mm, nice. It's been a while. But yeah, my, my latest is The Hollywood Jinx that just came out uh, like three days ago. I totally like forgot this book was coming out. It, it very much crept up on me. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I'm, I'm living in Utah. I'm married. I've got four kids. I just became a grandma last year for the first time, which is very, very cool. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, and I'm actually right now I'm working on an NA fantasy and it's so Absolutely. out of my wheelhouse, um, but I'm having a complete blast. I don't even know if anybody's going to buy it. I'm just writing it and we'll see what happens, but <laughs> those are the I'm having fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I noticed that your titles, both of your book titles are super fun and kind of give away a lot of the feel of the books. And I love that so much. They kind of both feel like really fun books. So kudos on the titles. Thank you. <laughs> and they um, both have really super cute covers too. So if you, if you look those up, um, they both have a, well, the one is the planes and everything. It's like the arrows and, and the text <laughs> and everything. And then, oh, oh cute. Okay. As, as I'm trying to describe it from memory. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was much better. And then I was going to say, and then the Hollywood Jinx ah. one has like the super like, yeah. words and everything down at the bottom and it looks Dude. very goldish. So yeah, both very fun. So like, which, um, and you're both traditionally published, right? Mm -hmm. yes. So which is super interesting because I mean, we see so many covers and everything of different people that are, you know, authors that are coming on. Um, but yeah, it's just the, the trad books are, uh, are more 
like the object covers or the, you know, the text covers right now. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of reinforcing that, that that's still very, very popular in the traditionally published books. So yeah. very on point, unless you're writing cowboy books. Yeah. <laughs> That's very true. Those have their own, they're their own genre with their yes. own covers for sure. Yeah. You have to have a cowboy in the genre and in, in the cover. I mean, there's, yes, there's no other option for those. No. Um, so yeah, cause my, my cowboy book um, that came out this summer, there's still got to be a cowboy on the cowboy on yeah. the, on the cover. So a cowboy on the cowboy. Oh, that's a different. That's not what I meant to say. Different genre. Way different genre. A different genre or a different subgenre. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I know. I'm like tongue tied tonight. I don't know what it is. I think. I think it's because I had a cupcake. Um, oh, yummy! <laughs> I think that's what it is. I had too much sugar before we came on here. I'm tongue tied. Um, all right. Well, we are going to get into the reading. Libby has volunteered to go first, and I'm assuming you are reading from the book that you just showed us. Yes, I'm reading awesome. from Planes, Trains, and All the Fields. Okay. And are you um, starting us off with chapter one, or do we need any kind of a setup? Yes, I'll give a little bit of setup. I'm going to skip ahead to chapter five for my reading because um, it is a you know, disastrous meet cute in the first chapter in an airport. And then um, my two main characters are in the air and then they are grounded. Their flight is grounded. So it's loosely based on planes, trains and automobiles. If you're familiar with the movie, which is iconic and I can't dare do it justice, but I tried. <laughs> so yeah, once uh, these two characters who do not get off on the right foot have their plane grounded, they're both trapped in a very small airport in Joplin, Missouri. Uh, so that's where I'm picking up. So uh, it's nighttime. They're very sad and they don't know when they're ever going to escape this place. So, <laughs> okay. Can I, can I just ask before we start? I know it's already, I'm already prefacing, going early on the questions, but um, are there also trains and automobiles in the, in the book? Yes. Okay. And is it was it a road trip. It is a road trip book. In the sense that They are, you know, that's the, that's the trope, but it, uh, yeah. it starts with an airplane segues into cars, segues into trains and then back to cars. So I definitely wanted to make sure we got all three forms of transportation to do it, to do it justice. And they're all, I love that. Thank you. Yes. They're all chaotic though. So it's <laughs> nice. also keeping with the theme. Yes. And the rom-com aspect. Mm -hmm. so, all right. I can't wait to hear this. Here we go. We're going to put you up there and then um, we will be back when you're done. All right. Thank you. All right. And just to say, this is a dual point of view, but we're in the heroine's point of view. All right. I jolt upright and whip my head left and right. Recognition of my surroundings dawns as my sleepy brain flickers to life. Airport. Yes. The lights are dim, but not out like a theater just before a show. And here I was hoping the plane diversion was a dream. My attention falls to a foreign bundle of gray fabric in my lap. A tired squeak leaves my mouth as I shove it off my legs. What the heck? With a pincer grip, I pluck it off the ground. It has a hood, but no drawstring. The cotton is threadbare and faded. A quick peek inside reveals the tag is missing. This is the baby blanket of sweatshirts worn to death. I lift my chin and search the area. Of the hundred or so people camping in this gate, there's only one I could pick out of a lineup. And that is the last thing, Mr. Is this your first time being right? Would do is offer me a sweatshirt. His, his dislike of me is so intense, he chose to argue with me instead of conceding that I was right about the hotel situation, even after we'd achieved a mutual understanding and respect as our plane landed, or so I thought. 
That's what I get for attempting to turn over a friendlier leaf. I get Luke's ass, a glimpse at his ego. I bet if I told him the airport was on fire, he'd have to Google it to be abundantly sure rather than just trusting my assessment. You know what? So what if he doesn't like me? I didn't like him first. I've got squatter's rights on this grudge. And yet, I have a sweatshirt in my clammy hands. I spot Luke in his tousled shock of hair across the walkway. It appears he's ransacked it with his hand a time too many. Even the waspish amongst us are susceptible to the harrowing realities of an all-nighter, I guess. He's putting the lap in laptop as he pecks away at the machine perched on his thighs. His glasses reflect the glow of the screen. I could ask him. But if it isn't his sweatshirt and belongs to a random good Samaritan who saw I was uncovered or a random person who intended to smother me in my sleep and failed, I would be mortified. Playing the Sims until the airline provides an update is safer. My phone lights up at my touch, 5.20 a.m. The drain battery icon winks at me. I scan for an open outlet. <sighs> Too many people have fallen asleep body blocking their charging phones. All plugs are taken except for the top half of one. The bottom half has been claimed by Luke. This ought to be fun. I gather my stuff, cross the crowded space, and approach with my chin lifted and the sweatshirt tucked under my arm. Can I use the top half of that outlet? He looks at me for approximately half a second before returning his gaze to his keyboard. Sure. I'm reveling in the ease of this interaction when he adds, I mean, I don't own it. Could have just left it at yes, I mumble as I dig my charger out of the front pocket of my suitcase and plug myself in. Muscles tight from the plane and sleeping upright, I extend my legs. I've got just enough room for a full straddle split, but I don't push it far, just a half. My hamstrings hum an objection, which means it's all the more important I do this to avoid injuries. Even a small one could put me out of work. What are you doing? I glance to the right as I stretch further. Luke's face is aghast. I keep my voice low to match his. I'm stretching my legs. Here? With the scandalized tone of his voice, you'd think I stripped and bent over. Sure, why not? He slides his glasses off his face and buffs them on his shirt. I've never seen anyone do a split in the middle of an airport. This isn't a full split, nor am I in the middle of anywhere. We're on the side of a room where barely anyone is awake. It's not like I drop down while in line for security. I lean against my elbows as my muscles sing. Does this bother you? No. Then why do you sound bent out of shape? I'm not. He returns to his computer, peck, peck, pecking. Great. I shift even further until my legs are almost a perfect 180, which I had no intention of doing until he questioned me. There's something about this guy's tone, that there are right and wrong ways to do things and that his ways are right, that makes me want to poke him until he snaps. It's part of my job to be flexible. I'm working too, just like you are with your type, type, typing. The typing ceases. Your job? Choreographer, dancer, professional stretcher, as it were. He swivels, in his head. he swivels his head roughly 10 degrees, runs his gaze up my body, and returns to working. He could weaponize that sharp jawline. Fascinating, he says. Heat creeps up my neck. Astounded by my talent? Move to tears. I'll get out of your way soon enough, I say. He lets out a strained sigh and scrubs his hand over his mouth. His hoarse voice suggests a lack of sleep. I didn't say you had to move. Forgive me for asking a simple question. Speaking of simple questions... I cross my legs and hold up his sweatshirt. Any idea where this came from? He freezes for a good four seconds. The volume at which his silence yells rails against my eardrums. I purse my lips and lift it to my nose. The scent is vibrant and refreshing, evocative of California with a hint of citrus, like cold lemonade sipped on a beach. I'd know it anywhere thanks to a summer in high school working at JCPenney and huffing enough cologne to jumpstart puberty. Ralph Lauren. Smells good. 
While he continues to ignore me, I lean sideways into his bubble and sniff the air around him. His gaze remains firmly on his computer. Did you just smell me, Cassidy? Absolutely not. The delicious scent lingers in my nose as I breathe deeply. Gosh, it's just the strangest thing. I woke up and it was on me. I guess I'll have to ask every single person in this terminal individually so I can think. You were freezing. His, his brow furrows. Your arms were going to fall off. I grin, pleased that he admitted it. So it is your sweater. He shrugs a shoulder. It's not a big deal. I scoot a little closer. At this angle, I get a peek of color-coded spreadsheets filling, filled with numbers on his monitor. Gag me with a calculator. That was very nice of you, Luke. The words leave my mouth and heat trickles across my cheeks. It was nice, unexpectedly so. Okay, can I do something in return? I scan the darkened airport. I don't know, buy you a snack from the vending machine or something? Hey, you a Doritos guy? Wait, blue bag or red? This is a crucial distinction. Not necessary. Okay, so no Doritos. Soda, chocolate? He pushes his glasses a fraction of an inch up his nose. You are in danger of frostbite, and I'm not even sure this town has a hospital. Consider it a public service. You know, that's actually the perfect comparison, I say. I put out a huge basket of Snickers for, and Cheez-Its for overworked delivery drivers every December to thank them for their service. I wish you'd tell me what zero nutrient crap you like so I could thank you. He eyes me warily. Not a big fan of snacks. Can we drop this, please? Who isn't a fan of snacks? His laugh is incredulous. Have you ever had a conversation that doesn't end in frustration? Actually, my conversations usually reach a satisfying conclusion. My lips arrange themselves in a smile, except with you, apparently. He presses his eyes shut. And to think, I could have been sleeping this whole time and missed out on all this fun. I swivel toward him and push up on my knees. He tenses and rears back, hitting his head on the wall. I'm not going to smother you with it, Luke. I reach for the suitcase, standing upright near his feet, loop the sleeves through the handle, and tie it in a knot. There. Tiny soldier has returned home. I catch his eye and my stomach twists. My neck heats as he steadies me. You're something else, he says quietly. I've been on the receiving end of that tilted head appraising look before, like I've just rattled off a complex riddle and forced him to solve it against his will. You know, it's fine being something else until somebody goes out of their way to point it out. It then becomes a judgment, a branding. I drop back into my seat and angle my body away. We coexist in silence long enough that an inkling of color threatens the cloudy horizon. It is the Lercroix, it is the Lercroix flavor of sunrise, an almost imperceptible taste. In the interest of letting my battery fully charge, I forego the Sims and dig a notebook out of my purse. I'm halfway done filling the page with pointless doodles when my and Luke's phones light up in unison on the ground between us. Atlas Airlines, JLN to LAX, canceled. Stand by for updates. No! I topple back onto my stretch of carpet and snatch the phone off the ground. No, 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 this can't be happening. How can they just cancel? Oh my God, how long are they gonna leave us here? That's the airlines for you. His voice has precisely one degree of heat, no urgency. This is a nightmare. I can't just wait around here forever. Exactly why I'm not counting on a plane. He nods towards a hallway. The car rental place opens at nine if you're looking for an alternate way out. The desk is near baggage claim. A few people have stirred in the terminal all glaring daggers at their phone. Our eyes lock. In unison, we scramble to gather our stuff. If this entire terminal is trying to escape, I need to be first in line. Yeah, let me get everybody unmuted. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I know it always. Uncomfortable silence while we all yeah. come back. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was really fun. <laughs> Super cute. Thanks.
Yeah, it was Deanna over here that said she loves their banter. They're going to have so much fun together. So <laughs> that's one of my favorite parts about rom-coms is just the banter, the back and forth, and just really getting that those personalities at each other. So, yeah. Yeah, I was raised on Gilmore Girls, and it's just entirely banter. So I think it bleeds <laughs> into everything that I do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, lots of fun. And and that line about um, the sweatshirt, like the baby blanket of, how, what did you call it? The baby blanket of sweatshirts or something like that. Just yeah. like, oh my gosh, my kids have, they each have like a hoodie like that, that is pretty much like disintegrating. But yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that is the one. So <laughs> yeah. So I see we did have a question just pop up, Dawn. Yeah, we did. So from Deanna, if you yep. want to toss that one out there. Yep. So yeah. Deanna says, where are they trying to go to and how long will it take? Yes, great question. They're both coming from North Carolina and they're trying to get to Los Angeles. Um, she's trying to get to her sister's wedding and he's trying to get home to solve a family mystery type thing. Uh, and they're each trying to get there as quickly as possible. Hers more urgently because her sister's wedding is in three days. So they go through Colorado, they go through the middle of the country. Cause you know, when you look at those cross country routes, there's really like bottom, middle, top, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so they're, they're going through the middle or however they can get there. So this is a little bit kind of spin off of that, but did you have to research like, like air, like, yes. what do you call it? like plane, plane trajectories? Routes. <laughs> Yes, it routes? was actually, yeah. routes? <laughs> routes? Plain, plain routes done. <laughs> All routes. The things. Yeah, it was actually harder than I anticipated because there were three different forms of transportation, um, making sure that how long they were in the air before they went down, um, not down in dramatic fashion, but just made a landing, <laughs> uh, how long they would then it would take to get to where they end up catching a train because they start in a car and then for reasons have to get a, a train. Um, how long that train would run and when it would leave. And so all of this coordination was actually really tough. And luckily my editor is somebody who is extremely detail conscious to the point where I was like, I don't think anybody's gonna check the Amtrak website. And if they do, they're gonna be frustrated because it's a terrible website. And she's like, there is always gonna be somebody and you wanna write for the person who is gonna check the website. So tell you <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yes. So it yep. was a, an adventure. I see why road trips are usually just in cars because that's easier to control. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. um, where, wh who are you published with then? Uh, this is, I'm with Entangled. Yes. Okay. So this is their adult okay. line, Amara. Nice. Awesome. And what about you, Soraya? Who are you published with? I'm with Montlake, which is, uh, okay. Amazon Publishing's Romance House. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. Yay. I have a couple questions. Of course you do. And <laughs> I, I do. Yeah. Um, and I, it's actually for both of you. So I noticed that Livy, you write in first person. Do you always write in first person or is it book specific? And do you also, and these are the two questions combined. I was trying to debate whether to do them separately. Do you also mm -hmm. read first person versus third? 
Um, you know, when I when I wrote what became my debut book, it was it was one of the first times I had ever written in first person, but it was also one of the first books I ever wrote. So it was one of those things where it came naturally to me and I enjoyed it. Um, and it was only it was only a single point of view book when it was picked up. And then I added the hero's perspective also in first person. And so I think going through that process of writing a story all through the, hero, the heroine's eyes and then writing it through his afterwards, I really saw like what first person, you know, I kind of found myself in first person and then uh, it just nice. became natural. So for right now, I only write in first person dual. Um, I would definitely be open to trying third because I do think there are a lot of things you can experiment with that, you know, first person you might not be able to do. Um, but what I can't do in first, I can at least get away with how, you know, in her point of view, she sees things in him he doesn't see in himself and vice versa, which is kind uh -huh. of the world as I see it. So I just feel like it's a natural thing that I enjoy, but I love reading in third person. Um, one of my critique partners writes in third. So I really um, feel like I still get immersed in it. And I do like historicals, you know, they're mostly third. And uh, so I do like to read in it as well. Oh, I see. I am so afraid of first person. I don't know why, but I, I've started a couple books in first and then I'm like, no, I need to change this. I need to change it back to third. I'm like, I think I need to experience more, like experiment more into that. I think when you're, um, what about you for it? Oh, sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say you should no. try it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually right, what started about you, Soraya? I started off writing um, third person historicals um, for a small okay. publisher many, many years ago. And then I, I did a book in first person, a YA that was like a rom-com. And one of my friends who's been in the industry for a long time read it. And she goes, Soraya, this is your voice. Like, what have you been doing? Like, you've been wasting your time. And I was like, you, you know, you're right. First person is so much easier to write in. And it just feels more natural and authentic to me. I feel like I really get to get in the character's head. Um, I have done dual first person point of view. I did it in a series about a college football team. And I write sweet. And it is very hard to write from the hero's perspective in Sweet. Oh, yeah. Uh, discovered that the hard way. So uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't really done that since. But I, I wrote a time travel where the heroine from the future, or even from now, her perspective is all in first person. The hero's is in third because it's historical. And so it kind of made this, it was really fun to write. But I, I think, and I'm right, like I said, I'm writing this Vanity Fantasy right now. And I'm doing it in first person. I, I don't think that's even what's accepted, but just it's so much easier for me that mm -hmm. it just feels very natural. I feel like well, I need to challenge myself then to do like a, at least a first person short story to see, to see what I can do with it. So that's my new challenge. Okay. Dylan, I, go ahead. Sorry. Interrupt. I was just going to say, I think it depends on the book. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm, I write in both. So, you know, my trad contracts have typically been third person, um, third person past. And then, um, like, my indie books have typically been first-person past. I, mm -hmm. I think where it gets tricky for me is if, like, I haven't written first-person present. Um, and I think, for me, I think it would be tricky if I tried to flip from, like, first-person present to third-person past. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. then you're getting, like, all your tenses mixed up and everything, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think some characters just seem to call more for like like you said Libby you know it's it's so much easier to share like what they're feeling and thinking and and everything when you are in first person but then also in third person sometimes you know there are benefits pros and cons to each right yeah but 
Yeah. And yeah. About Soraya writing sweet romance. That's such a good point. I can't even imagine trying to write a hero <laughs> for a sweet in, in his head. You know, that would be, that would be a challenge. So it's a good it point. was. <laughs> you did it, but it was tough. <laughs> so what about plotting? Because that's always another question that we get. Um, people want to know, like, are you, well, more, more of the um, author viewers, the writer viewers than our, our reader viewers. They want to know, you know, do you plot your books ahead of time? Do you pants them? Like what, what do you typically do when it comes to plotting? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm a pantser mm -hmm. and I thought I was a plotter because I would think of something and I would go, Oh yeah, I want to write that. I'm not, I have met people who have like charts and like yeah. tabs and I, I, it freaks me out. Um, I can't do it. Uh, it's a terrible way to write. I think I hate pantsing, but I can't do it the other way, but I kind of only know about one chapter ahead of what's going to happen. I mean, I know the end we're in romance, right? I know the ending, but yeah. I I'm only ever like one scene ahead. And I'm always like, I really hope I come up with what comes next. Uh, but <laughs> I write my books in about a month. I write about 3000 words a day and I get the book done. And it's because I did it once and my brain goes, Oh, we can do this. So now I can't even start before, like when that deadline's coming, I'm like, I got a month, I got to start now. So it's, it's awful. I spend like all my waking hours writing, but it gets done. So. Mm -hmm. So how many words, um, you said 3000 a day. What is your, uh, max we've had, I mean, we're, we'll see if you can beat our, our, um, not a contest, not a contest, but I'm, I'm impressed. I don't think I, I'm careful of that because when you are in traditional publishing, you have to consider a book size. I think the most I've done is 107. Um, a, a couple day? of books. No, sorry. Oh. I thought you meant like for the whole book. <laughs> no. 107,000 words in a day. Like, what have you guys been doing? I was no. going to say, oh my God. Um, like, yeah, you beat us. You win. I, no, you win. the most that I've done in a day, and this is with me going to a hotel, you know, away from everything, turning everything off, shutting myself up so nobody can find me. The most I've done in one day is 15,000 words. So a lot what of about words. you, Livy? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I've, the most I've done in a day is 8,000 and it was, it was pushing it, but I also write within about a month. Like once I start a book, it's kind of an obsessive thing and it's always, you know, the timing of the deadlines and stuff, but it's like this sort of manic urge to finish. So it's just going to be every day, every, it consumes my every waking thought, even if I have to work that day, you know, I'm still, kind of writing throughout. And so yeah, eight, 8,000 is the most I've done. But you know, I, I'm in no way, like a type A organized person, but I am now a very meticulous plotter, just because it's easier to kind of maybe because I'm newer, I mean, this was only my second published book. And so um, I've written four now and have two out. And I, I think I'm still really kind of getting the hang of replicating it and trying to be consistent because what I've learned from Romance Landia is how important it is to at first at least be consistent in your own voice and in your own brand so that you can sort of you know gather those loyal readers so that people know what to expect from you and right. so if I was pantsing like I used to when I was writing on like Wattpad for fun you know mm -hmm. I would have done something different every time just for fun but now I'm like okay let's try to like figure out what I'm get a handle on what I'm doing before I start getting experimental uh so yeah. I'm very, very much like okay I know that at 40 percent we're gonna be here doing this and this like it almost it does sometimes take the fun out of it but it helps me write faster because I'm not sitting there like okay, what am I going to do next? Like I do all that heavy lifting up front when I have like a 13 page outline. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh. 
Yeah. So it's so interesting, like hearing everybody's process. I mean, um, like, um, Catherine Nolan, she right. That's she, she's the one that she writes a whole first draft and then she'll scrap it and write the second draft, the final. Oh my gosh, draft. I would die. Like, oh, I would yeah. die. But she does it so fast. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I know. I hate to waste words. Yeah. Yeah. I have cancer too. But then, but then I find myself going in, you know, directions where I end up with a dead end and I get so frustrated um, because I hate to waste words. So then I tried to plot. I tried to be a plotter and it doesn't, I'm with you, Soraya. Like it's painful. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'll think, then I spend a lot of time thinking and then I think I have a plot, but what I've really done Mm -hmm. is just figured out like a lot of backstory. And then when I go to sit down to write, it's like, I still don't have a plot. I just have (laughs) a lot of information in my head. Well, that's good. You really know your characters. Yes, but I still don't know what they're actually going to do on the page. (laughs) (laughs) Overrated. (laughs) Plots are overrated, you know? Yes. I kind of get my plot and then I'll, I'll come to my... I'll get to where I'm supposed to be on a plot point and I'll be like, oh crap, that's never going to happen. Like the way this went, it just went off the rails. So I'm kind of in the middle. We call her what? Planters, right? That's what we call ourselves. Is there a new, new word for it? I thought there was a new word for it. Planters besides planters. Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. But Any, any combination of the two. If you're yeah. feeling more like a plotter, then you could be like a, a plotzer. Or if you're feeling plotzer. more like a pantser, you could be more like Plants. a... A, a pantster? I don't know. Plantster? I don't know. You get creative. Yeah. Um. So let's see. Let's. Do you think we should do? We should get on to Soraya here, and then do the rest of the questions. Sure. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. Right, uh, Soraya, I'm- you're up. Same question for you. Are we starting at page one, or do you have a? A setup this for is, us? Yeah, this is like in the center of the book. So I'm going to have to set it up for you a little bit. Uh, the story right. is this small town in Ohio put out a viral video inviting a big movie star to come out. They're putting on a town festival. Uh, my heroine has had to take over the festival. There's been an, a problem with the local government. She's now like the librarian. She's the mayor. She's kind of running everything. And this movie star agrees and he comes and he has to stay at her B&B, which is where she lives. And so we've got forced proximity. And uh, he makes it pretty clear he's interested and she's not at all. She's had a really bad heartbreak. She doesn't want to. And then she's convinced herself, of course, this man can't like me. You know, he's like a movie star. Um, And then he gets her to, he talks to her about uh, the music man, about the song Mary and the Librarian, because she's a librarian. And so she says, I've never seen it. So they decide to watch it together. So my hero is very healthy. He likes very, you know, in this scene, he's bought seaweed snacks and she's having Mm -hmm. popcorn. And so, that is that is where the scene begins. Love so. it. All right. We will be back when you're done. Okay. All right. It says he held up his snacks. You should try one of these. Much healthier for you. Um, no thanks. Come on. What if you try it and it becomes your favorite thing to eat in the whole world? Doubtful, I told him. You won't know unless you try it. It's salty and crunchy like popcorn. Again, if he had been anyone else, I would have outright refused. I wasn't interested in trying sea trash. He held up what looked like a sheet of thin green paper. Okay, I said, letting him know that I still thought it was a bad idea. It's nori flavored. That didn't mean anything to me, but I decided to try to get through this experience as quickly as possible. As could have been predicted, it tasted like strangely flavored chewy paper and was not in any way, shape, or form better than popcorn. I swallowed and 
couldn't breathe. It was stuck, lodged in my throat. I attempted to speak and nothing came out. Panic rose in my chest as I gestured towards my throat. I tried to breathe and panic some more as I realized that I couldn't drag any air into my lungs. Nick immediately understood the situation and got behind me, wrapping his arms around me and doing the Heimlich. He clasped his hands together, pushing in and up under my ribs. It hurt, but on his second pull against my diaphragm, the seaweed came loose and I coughed it out. I dragged air into my lungs and nothing had ever been sweeter. I collapsed against him, relief drugging my limbs. He kept me upright, holding me close. Your snack just tried to kill me, I told him when I could finally speak. I wanted so much to stay exactly where I was. It felt right. My brain, recently deprived of oxygen, I might add, asked me, who almost dies and all they can think about is how much they like being pressed against Nick's firm body, his strong arms wrapped around them. Turned out it was me. That's who. There was something definitely wrong with me. Things only got worse when he said, are you all right? Are you breathing okay? He said these words right next to my ear, which sent serious shivers up and down my spinal column, making sure to hit every nerve ending they came across. I'm okay, but I want you to know that's never once happened with a chocolate chip cookie. He ignored my joke. What if I hadn't been here? There was a tinge of desperation in his voice that made me think maybe I should be asking if he was okay. I would have been fine because I wouldn't have voluntarily eaten your disgusting seaweed squares. He smiled against the side of my head and it made the tingles intensify. Warm spread throughout my entire body like he was infusing it into me. Thank you for saving me, I said. He didn't answer, but his arms did tighten around me. We stayed that way with me cradled against him for a few more moments before I realized how weird and pathetic this was getting, and I tugged myself away from him walking out of his embrace. My entire body wanted to stay to protest against my decision, but I managed to sit down on the couch, still feeling out of breath. I tried to ignore how much I wanted to go back over to him and keep being held. I tucked my hands under my legs. It was the only way I could make sure I wouldn't try to touch him. Should we watch the movie? He hesitated and I wouldn't look up at him. I was scared to, not knowing what I'd see there. Concern? Pity? I couldn't take his pity. After another few beats, he sat on the couch next to me, reaching out to mess with his laptop to get the movie to come up. It started and I leaned back against the couch, keeping my eyes on the screen. It did strike me as funny that his publicist had been so worried about him having wild and crazy nights and instead we were watching a musical. I did my best to pay attention to the movie and I loved the score and the songs, but Nick was too distracting. Patches apparently agreed with me as she had curled up on his lap, purring. Her affection was typically very limited, but not with Nick. It was like he'd been built out of catnip and my little attention strumpet couldn't get enough of him. Sitting there with him was like being back in high school, watching a movie with a guy and knowing his parents were in the next room. But other than Patches, there wasn't any chaperones here. Just us hanging out, me wanting to touch him, but knowing that he didn't feel the same. I couldn't just throw myself at him. I mean, I could, and Gretchen would be overcome with joy, but I couldn't risk the festival. I had to keep that in mind, but he was making it very, very hard. He kept looking at me during the Mary and the Librarian song, but I stayed facing forward. The lyrics didn't mean anything. It was just in reference to the joke he'd made when we first met about me being a librarian, nothing more. The movie ended and Nick leaned forward to pause it. Normally I would have liked listening to the music in the credits, but that didn't seem like a good plan tonight. I needed to put myself in my room until I could figure out a way to behave. Thanks for the movie, good night. I started to stand up, but he reached out and put his hand on my knee and then both my legs stopped working, so I stayed put. Jane, wait, there's something I wanna ask you. Calm down, I told my percolating hormones. It was probably something innocuous, like where I kept the extra toilet paper. No need to get all worked up over what was most likely going to be nothing. What does it take to get you to respond? Respond to what, I asked, feeling thoroughly confused, to me. Now my hormones were boiling over, doing a frenzied dance, glorying in their rightness, not about toilet paper. What do you mean? I desperately needed clarification because I didn't want to jump to some really bonehead conclusion. His hand was still on my knee, the other on the couch behind me. I've done nothing but tell you since I got here that I'm attracted to you and interested in you, and you haven't really given me a response one way or the other. I, I, I stuttered, not able to wrap my still hazy brain around what was happening. My pulse raced so quickly that I was seriously in danger of nearly dying for a second time that night. Was Nick Haddon really sitting on my living room couch telling me that he, what, wanted to be with me? 
you never said that. I said, squeaking the words out because I would have remembered if he'd said those actual world words. My best friend would have had them engraved on my tombstone. I knew I hadn't missed anything or had I? What else do you want me to say? How I spent the last two and a half hours thinking about how much I want to kiss you? Somehow my heart managed to gallop even faster. My lungs were so tight, I worried I might pass out. I thought you were watching the movie. Why was I saying inane things? His hand squeezed my knee gently. I wasn't watching the movie. Oh, I didn't know how to respond to that because none of the obstacles had been removed. Even if he wanted to make out with me and my glands were urging me to quickly accept before he changed his mind, it didn't alter anything. The festival was still going on and I needed him to make the visitors happy. I didn't want my heart to get broken again. There were other reasons, but I couldn't think of them at the moment. Most of my self-imposed boundaries had been based on the belief that he couldn't possibly be interested in me and I didn't want to make a fool of myself. What was I supposed to do when he erased that line? He said, it feels like every time I get close to you, you run away. That's accurate. At that, he took his hand away and I wanted so much to drag it back. When I didn't finish my sentence, he said, I'm not trying to make things awkward between us. I just wanted to be honest. You're a very attractive woman and I enjoy your company. Uh, same, but I didn't say it. Mostly because I was too busy internally basking in the revelation that he thought I was attractive. And I know we've been spending time together, but I want to do something, I don't know, more official. He said, go on a real date with me. I don't think I can do that. It was honestly a wonder that I was able to speak at all. Why? He sounded genuinely curious. There are so many reasons why. To start with, I have a policy against dating men like you. Men like me, what does that mean? Popular, handsome men. If I'd expected a reaction from him over that explanation, it wouldn't have been him grinning. I just, I just told him I wouldn't go out with a guy like him. Why are you smiling? You're attracted to me. Technically, I hadn't said that, but he was not wrong. You know how you look, and I have to focus on the festival, and I haven't even started calling sponsors because because he was distracting me. Because I'm spending time with you, and this festival has to go well in order for me to save the town. It has to be a success. And if you and I start, I don't know, dating or whatever, and it goes bad, and you take off early and go back to California, that screws the festival. I won't do that. I promise to stay here through the festival no matter what. Yeah, that wouldn't be at all awkward, living in the same house after we tried to date and miserably failed. You're anticipating the worst, he said. What if things don't go bad? Okay. Let's imagine it's all stars and hearts, and then what, I asked. We do the long distance thing? I've done that before and had my heart shredded into tiny pieces. I'm not interested in that happening again. He didn't have a quick response for that, and I wanted to make sure he understood where I was coming from. I need to be practical. What could possibly even happen between us? You're leaving in less than two weeks, and I'm staying here. It makes no sense. When I try not to think too much about the future and just live in the present, at that I sighed. Is that part of your fortune cookie philosophy? I immediately regretted saying it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. I know you're working on improving yourself and I think that's great, but I'm not a live in the now kind of person. Just because there's something here doesn't mean we should act on it. You're not wrong. I was surprised by how much I wanted to be wrong. Then he added, we can have fun and keep things light. It doesn't have to be serious. That's part of the problem. I'm not really built for that. He shrugged. I think we could find a happy medium. Let me show you. It was so tempting. So, so, so tempting. I don't want everyone talking about us, I said, trying to justify what was quickly becoming a losing battle. He shot me a half smile. At this point, I feel like you're trying to come up with an excuse. Did your cat eat your homework? Did you run out of gas on your way to the excuse store and so you didn't have time to pick up a new one? Maybe they sounded like clumsy excuses, but they were also reasons. They're already hounding me, and that's just here in town. What would happen to me if this went nationwide? Why do you care what people think? It's probably the effect of living in a small town. It felt like my life had so often been picked apart, usually out of concern, sometimes out of malice, that I didn't want to do anything to add to the gossip mill. As someone who's gossiped about on a massive scale regularly, the trick is to not listen or care. Their opinions are just that opinions. You can ignore them. Speaking of people here in town, you're forgetting that it would probably really irritate your nemesis if you went out with me. Oh, that was true. I imagined myself to imagine it for, I allowed myself to imagine it for a few glorious seconds. That wasn't a reason to do this though. That's not playing fair. I'm not trying to play fair. His words did things to my stomach, making it feel like it was sinking and floating at the same time. That's, the word came out breathy and I was finding it hard to get air in my lungs to circulate. 
you wouldn't care if I went out with you just to make Brenda mad? I'd be fine with that. Again, I allowed myself to imagine her face upon seeing us together. She'd accused me of having a crush, which had turned out to be true, but she didn't think he'd like me back. She would absolutely die. But I shouldn't be making major decisions just to piss Brenda off, because that's what this was, a big moment. It might seem like a small thing to just go on some dates with the famous actor and then go back to my regular life, but I knew that whatever answer I gave him was about to change everything. He was still pleading his case. Technically, we already got a date plan. Gretchen set it up. It took me a second. The anniversary party. That's not a date. She invited you to go, and I'm going to drive you because I'll be going to the same place at the same time. Okay, then let's go out and do something the day after tomorrow. Just you and me. Nick, I... I let my voice trail off because I didn't know what to say. I wanted so desperately to accept, but there was something inside me that wouldn't let me get the words out that made me resist giving in. He waited a bit for me to finish, and when I didn't, he used that self-deprecating tone that made him even more adorable. I have to admit that I've never tried to convince a woman to go out on a date with me before. I didn't doubt it. I was so close to craving, to craving. I'd been trying hard to fight my attraction to him, and he just blown up all of my defenses by waving the white flag of surrender and offering me exactly what I wanted. You should think about it and then get back to me. You know where to find me, he said. I nodded and got up. There was no way I could stay here in this room with him because I would melt faster than an ice cream cone in an Arizona summer. I'm going to bed. Commanding my feet to move, I made it all the way to the stairs before I realized that he'd followed me. He reached out gently, wrapping his long fingers around my wrist, tugging on me to, tur to turn around. I turned to face him, afraid of what he might ask me, afraid because my resistance was so worn down that there was no way I'd refuse him anything. Just tell me this, he said. Do I even have a glimmer of hope here? I should have said no, protected the things that needed to be protected, but his fingers were on my skin and it was messing with my ability to think. So instead I said, there's a glimmer. That's all I need, we can take it slow. I know you're worried about things changing, but they don't have to if you don't want them to. Nick released my arm and walked off toward his bedroom. He couldn't promise me things wouldn't change because they already had. Woohoo. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. I need to know how famous is this guy? Is he, yeah. you know, like like, like Yellowstone famous? It, like Brad Pitt. I mean, that's not a oh. current one, but like you know, Leo, Brad Pitt, huge okay. star. Who's oh, famous, 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 famous. Okay, so, has a hard time believing that he would like her. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yeah. So I'm just gonna like we don't have. Um, we have a couple questions, but I also have a couple couple comments i just want to post up here so deanna says this is seriously the funnest place for you to start reading choking by a seaweed snack <laughs> well I and i want to know seaweed snacks are you a fan of the seaweed are snacks? You? i am not they're terrible my my daughter <laughs> yeah. loves them and i think they're so gross my daughter does too and i she started loving them when she thought she was a mermaid <laughs> and um but now you know she's she's a teenager she still loves them and i'm just like mm -hmm. and my my boys are like they smell horrible mm -hmm. <laughs> like truth <laughs> yeah. he tells the truth that's cute though cute me cute there but mm -hmm. or like i guess it's not a mute cute but it's like a cute scene that was a cute I scene. Agree. yeah um and deanna also said their banter is so cute too Dang, I'm going to say dang because mm -hmm. Dylan likes me to not cuss even though I do. Dang, two books I need to add to my ever-growing pile of books to read. Deanna, the only thing I have to say is read faster. <laughs> right. <Yes. laughs> I'm just kidding, Deanna. We love you. She's our, she's our resident Australian. So that's she's, right. She's joining us from the other side of the world and that's, that's amazing. She's coming her. to us from the future. 
yeah right. from the future yeah <laughs> and then um let me see do I was going to say, I saw a question up there. We we yes. don't have um, two of our biggest question askers are not here no. tonight, which no. and we you would know it if they were because we would have probably 50 questions in there. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> the questions are slow tonight, but I know we've got more. So yeah. Carmen, I, I hope I said that right. It says, what do you have coming up? So you want me to answer, Libby to answer? Uh -huh. Okay, I just both of you. Sorry, I, I, yeah, both I of you. Um, I actually have my schedule is not usually like this, but I have been inundated lately. So I have a holiday novella coming out in November. I have a book called Hypnotized by Love, which I'm very excited about. A woman who is a professional hypnotist Ooh. has a an, a nemesis from high school, enemies to lovers, who is out to prove that she's a fraud and she hypnotizes them and turns him into kind of a different person and she has to try to fix him and they are such so gets interrupted because he's off being you know saying yes Chicken? to life now okay and, uh, <laughs> he always kind of says no to things and now he's saying yes to everything so that one comes out in okay. february and then i have a short story that comes out the same month um so i don't normally have that much but i've got a lot of things coming up really soon so what kind of research did you do for the hypnotist book i like, got... did you get hypnotized I didn't get hypnotized, but okay. I did contact someone local and she talked to me for like two hours. Um, I've been doing that a lot lately. If I have kind of weird profession, I, I read a lot of weird professions in my books, but I will get on. It's, it's funny because people will talk to you when you're a writer, you know, you're mm -hmm. like, this yeah. is really mm -hmm. odd. I'm a writer. And like I, my book I just wrote was about an event planner. I just turned in. And again, I got this event planner who's like, I charge, I'm going to say like a hundred dollars an hour or something. And I'm like, well, yeah. I'll pay your fee. I just want to talk to someone. And she didn't charge me. You know, she's like, this is so much fun. So yeah, it's just, I I talked to a hypnotist for about two hours and she just oh. explained everything to me. And it was fascinating. Like I didn't, I think you kind of have a perception of what hypnosis is from like movies and TV mm -hmm. shows. And it's not like that. And it's really interesting. And, and it has a really high success rate, which I didn't know for, oh. for specific things. So yeah, so it, was, it was very cool. After um, doing research on this topic, do you think that we could hire your hypnotist to get us all in a room together and, and hypnotize us to write our books faster? She told me yes, because I specifically asked that. I'm like, can you help with like writer's block? Can you make, you know, creativity flow better? And she's like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. we can. Because she explained it. It's like, you have this subconscious mind. She's like, and you go into hypnotic states all day without realizing. She goes, have you ever zoned out when you're driving? Mm -hmm. And then suddenly you're somewhere, you're like, how did I get here? that's hypnosis. That's subconscious. You know, you are already putting yourself reading a book where you are caught up or writing a book. I think when you're completely caught up, you're in a hypnotic state and you don't even know it. So they're more suggestible and you're, it's easier to get through kind of your subconscious brain when you're in that state. And so that's all you're doing. You're not passing out or falling asleep. You're awake. You're aware. It's just kind of in this certain frame of mind and, and it kind of opens up your brain to, like I said, being more suggestible and, and taking in information. So Okay, mm -hmm. so I'm gonna have to go hire a hypnotist then because I need to write this book written. Yes, it helps. Real. Um, yeah, and but I can't remember. I had a, I had a question pop in my brain, but now I can't remember. What about you, Livy? Yes, yeah, so I have a book coming out later this year about a teacher girl who accidentally finds herself on multiple bad dates with her dad's new hotshot boss. So oh. 
the boss trope. It's the my dad's boss trope. But oh um, gosh, so he's actually so it's an age gap. I was just gonna say, but the boss is actually young, so he's like a wonderkin type. Oh. Comes in and starts ruining the dad's life at work, and then Good. at the same time, she keeps finding herself on dates with him. Like, how does this keep happening? Because their best friends are in fact dating. So um, that one's enemies to lovers with a lot of a uh, family tension there too. When he finds out, um, and then next year I have a book um, in the early part of the year, which is um, two characters from Planes, Trains, and All the Feels. Uh, the two main characters, best friends who are mentioned in the book, um, they're getting their own book and that's coming out early next year. And then I'll have uh, one more in the summer. So it's just kind of rom-coms back to back. I've been busy <laughs> with the rom-coms lately. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for next summer's book because it's got my favorite element, which is giant Italian families who hate each other. So <laughs> I love not one, not just one Italian family, but two, and they want to snuff each other out. So it's great. <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. All right, to digress just a little bit, I do have to give Deanna some props here again real quick. She just said she already does read <laughs> faster. She reads a book a day, and um, she's in your future. She's one of your future readers. So, yeah, okay. and it's – oh, yeah, wait, she's in our future. So, yeah, it's Friday morning there. Okay. Yes. <laughs> That's what she meant. <laughs> I'm following And then along. Facebook user – yeah, she's following him. So Facebook user, we always love you guys. Um, we just can't see your name. So I, if I don't see your name, I'm so sorry. I just can't. I don't know who you are. But we love you. And are these a series? Series or standalone? Everything I do is pretty That's much right. standalone. But their <laughs> characters sometimes overlap. Mine are all standalone, but I will sometimes put characters, especially because I'm writing about like movie stars or royalty or whatever. I'll put like, oh, I watched this show with this person on it, you know, mm -hmm. kind of like little Easter eggs. I have yep. a universe, but it's not, it's not a series. Yeah, exactly. The universe, the, the cinematic bookiverse. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Very fun. And then this is kind of a, a, a twofer. So keep your eyes peeled. I'm going to like pop the questions around here. What is a trope you would love to write about but haven't tried yet or a trope I should have added? Mm. I'm not I sure what you mean by that. I know. But what, what kind of trope should she have added to her list, I guess? So trope that you love? I don't know. Okay. I would love to write a marriage of convenience or any sort of like marriage trope. Um, I haven't tried mm -hmm. that yet or I haven't done friends to lovers and I really want to find a way to do that and a fun, you know, put a fun spin on it. So those are two I would love to try. Oh, John, she said, oh gosh. John, she I'm jealous that Soraya is writing a NA fantasy. That would definitely be something I would like to try someday. It's mm. fun. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Um, but my my answer is the same as marriage of convenience, because for me, from a sweet mm -hmm. standpoint, that would be very interesting to play with, I think, to have this mm -hmm. couple that's married. Yeah. And, you know, I so. mean, didn't you say you wrote historical to begin with? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And so I, I never and, wrote that, that. No, I never wrote one. What, so. what regions or what what uh, aged what? Era time period. It was it was like Regency, time period and I, I love I love Regency. Regency. So yeah, but 
I want to get back into it. And that's why I wrote that time travel was so I could kind of like bridge a gap and I could have historicals mm -hmm. and rom-coms yeah. and I just have never, right. you, you, you all know, you know how busy it gets and demanding yes. and you kind of yeah. have to focus on what you're actually being paid to write rather than everything you would love to write. So. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. She's just, Deanna said marriage of convenience is her favorite and she's sorry. She's, she's listening to us, but she's also trying to get ready to go out. Oh, where are you going, Deanna? On a date? Oh my God. On a Friday morning. Work maybe <laughs> <laughs> work probably, but you know what? We're romance authors. So we'll say it's a breakfast date at her office with her computer. Um, I love marriage of convenience as well. Yeah. Um, or like fake marriage. Um, uh, that's, that's a favorite of mine too. When they have to, you know, fake the, the yeah. engagement, fake engagement or relationship. It's also one of my, my favorites. So I think we have time for one more. It looks like we have yep. one more question. And we do, up. yep. One more, and then I think it's time to wrap up. Me, Dylan? No, yep, that's me. Is Don, Don was cutting out yeah. for you guys? Yeah. yeah. Can, am I cutting out still? No, you're no. good now. Okay, good. Okay, yeah. I was all reading it, and then everybody was like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that's me. That's me totally. Yeah. All right. Let's try one more time. What is your favorite book you read? And I'm assuming that means and and your favorite book that you wrote. Okay, okay. I have mine right here. So the favorite book recently is called You Deserve Each Other by Sarah Hogel. It is funny. It is witty. She is the humor queen about someone who's trying to sabotage her own engagement. Um, and so it's almost like a marriage in trouble trope because they end up saving their engagement. That's the whole thing is going from ruining it to rebuilding it. And it's really beautiful the way it all comes together. And the favorite that I've written, I would say uh, my first book, Talk Flirty to Me with the Firefighter, has a special place in my heart because uh, you never forget your first, right? Mm -hmm. That's my second chance slash brother's best friend, baby. And those are my two favorite, like especially brother's best friend. So, Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't pick a favorite book. Like, I think I could pick a favorite kid before I could pick a favorite book. Like, oh, it's wow. just, you know, I, that I love so many books. Um, and I've, I've just been a reader my whole life. So that would be very hard for me. Uh, favorite what, book what that about uh, written, a recent read you would recommend? Um, I just read Lady Tan's Circle of Women by um, Lisa C. That was amazing. It's about a 15th century physician in China. Uh, that was, she's a real person. It's, it was a really, really awesome read. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but I, of mine that I've written, that time travel one, it's called Once Upon a Time Travel, because I wanted to write it for like 10 years. And so when I did, it was blowing out of me. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have one called The Seat Filler. And I wrote that after I met Adam Driver <gasps> and made a fool of myself. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a book. Like I went home that night and called my agent who was in New York three hours ahead of me because I was in California at the SAG Awards. And I call her, I'm like, I met Adam Driver and I made an idiot of myself and I have to make a book now. And she's like, done. So I have a special place in my heart for that one because that was, that was fun. So, and I'm a, I'm a huge, book. I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. So mm -hmm. I had to put Star Wars stuff in there. And that cover is great too. I'm a little bit of a fan I girl. I love the cover. <laughs> I love the cover. I love the book. I love Adam Driver. Me too. And, and now he knows it as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
he, people say that and I'm like, he's not going to know or care. I mean, he's got to no, walk but... into a Barnes and Noble at some point and seen the love hypothesis, which was written about, you uh -huh. know, Kylo Ren and Ray and it's Adam Driver <laughs> on the cover. And someone goes, someday Adam Driver's going to go to a bookstore and just see all these covers that are him and go, what is happening? So, uh -huh. yeah. Well, I got to say like, okay, so I, I, one of the books I wrote, I listened to, um, Lee Bryce's song on repeat and then I met him. So I gave him my book. I mean, you just need to carry your book around in your, <laughs> in your, in your bag. Just, just in, in case. case you happen to meet him. And then you'd be like, this was written about you. Sorry. Bye. Sorry. You know, like, just like toss it at him and then run away and see what happens. I will do that. You don't have to run away. You could try to kiss him. I don't care. Either sure way, his, give him sure the book. His wife would mind. And my husband yeah. would probably be upset. But other than that, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Minor details. Minor details. Minor details. <laughs> you can live with that. <laughs> All right. So um, it looks like Deanna has solved the mystery. She's meeting she up did. with her husband her for husband. a lunch date. Oh, I yes. was gonna say. I was gonna. I was gonna do that props too. Yeah, I was gonna be like Deanna. Yeah, she's actually on a romantic day, but it's like lunch. Let's get some like. What do they call? It? What is that? What is that phrase? Um. Gosh, dang it, Dylan. I don't know. I'm tongue-tied tonight, and you have lost words. So we're Good. we're a great match yeah. tonight. It's yeah. Um, <laughs> man, All there's right. songs written about it. Oh my! I, gosh. I don't know, Don. I know it? afternoon delight. Yes, yes, oh, afternoon delight. Go. Yeah, oh, that is so not what I was thinking. You were trying yep. to afternoon yeah. delight <laughs> from the sweet yeah. romance author. That's the one who got it. I just wish you all that. It. <laughs> That's it, Deanna. That's all you. You might be you in the wrong girl. genre, sir. I am just saying you might be. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to see. All right. Well, that is that for that is it for this week. Um, yes. But before we go, we want to remind you that we have a giveaway that is up on the Romance Happy Hour Facebook page. And Libby is giving away a e-copy of Planes, Trains, and All the Fields. And Soraya, you have a signed paperback of i wasn't sure which book so i'm not sure if it was your choice yeah. or winner's choice but, oh. all right so the most recent book your most recent release so we've got um those two are up and will be live through sunday night so head on over there and take a peek at that and before we go um any last parting words do you have any book signings coming up or is there a certain place where people can find you that that you prefer people find you or connect with you um i have a signing coming up on romance bookstore day um the 17th of august in fort worth at monkey and dog uh awesome yeah i'm excited and um i'll have lots of signed goodies and stuff and if you ever want anything or need anything i'm livy heart romance everywhere tiktok instagram i'm most active on instagram so livy heart romance all right how about you soraya yeah, come uh, find me on Facebook. My, I, I've got a Facebook group that I'm posting in pretty much every day. So if you go to facebook.com slash Soraya Wilson author, there you can find a link to join my, it's a very secret private group. They get all the info early. Um, but yeah, Soraya Wilson pretty much everywhere. Not all people named Soraya. So I, I got a good luck on, on that name. So I think you're the yeah. first one. Yeah. I know. For sure. <laughs> All right. Well, it has been a lot of fun talking to you both tonight. Thanks for sharing your, your work with us. We really appreciate it and enjoyed it. And we will be back in two weeks. Is it two weeks? Or I always get yeah. mixed up when it's the beginning of the month. We'll, we'll be back the second Thursday in August mm -hmm. for another episode. So 
we'll see you then. Thank you so yeah. much. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Bye.